Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Networth Podcast, where we talk all things WTA and handicap the WTA. I'm Noops, and finally, back from his long hiatus, his sabbatical, probably just playing on the beach or something. How's it going, Spread? <laughs> finally! Spread has returned. Now I'm That's doing good. Right. How you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Did you miss him too, Jorge? I did. I did. What I, the only, the only, only nice part about him being gone, there's only one, don't worry, Spread. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to miss Noops trying to do his best impression of good luck in all your wages. Was that end. Noops? I was meaning to ask you who was doing that. Yeah, that, that was Noops. That was me, yeah. <laughs> Try to slide that in at the end, and we get a good laugh from Jorge, too, at the end, which I always love. Um, it wasn't quite as good as the Tiafo laugh on the Megapod last year, but we digress. we got a lot to cover, so let's jump in. We're going to skip our normal recap of the Bronx Open. It was a tournament. It happened. Either Camilla Georgie will win, yay, or Magdalenette will win, whatever. Um, but let's jump in to the fortnight that is ahead of us, the final of the four Grand Slams, our second hardcore tournament, the third oldest tennis tournament in the world, from what I understand, the United States Open. I'm sure it's Jorge's very favorite tournament for that reason. Um, I was actually looking through some history. Do you guys know that the first couple U.S. Opens were actually played on grass? Yeah, at a different club too. Wasn't yeah, that on Long like Island or in Westchester or something? I don't know where. I don't know New York City very well. I've it looks like it was there. actually in Newport at first, and they moved it to New York City and built the whole stadium for it. But um, there you go. Looking at some of the past, last year's uh, final was quite interesting. A, a grown woman threw a temper tantrum, and Naomi Osaka <laughs> won the title. Um, the year before, Sloan Stevens took out Madison Keys in a really fantastic U.S. Was versus U.S. final. Um, Angelique Kerber beat Pliskova in three interesting sets in 2016. Um, and then two women I've never heard of, Flavia Panetta, who I can only assume is tied to the coffee machine, and Roberta Vinci apparently played each other. Do you guys know who either of those women are? Fabio Fanini's wife. Yeah, man, Flavia Panetta. Oh, there you go. Oh, I believe. really? Yeah. Wow, I had no idea. I assumed Gotta make sure I'm not mixing like up Fabio my Italians. Single. No, 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 I'm pretty sure. No, he's He's settling down. Yeah. Well, good for him. All right, and Vinci gentlemen. was a solid player. Vinci, oh my God, push artist. Both, well, yeah, Vinci was a pusher. But yeah, Flavia's got more Grand Slams than her husband. I always love saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into the draw. We've got quite a few players. I love these events. A true 128 draw. Not like Miami or Indian Wells where we get some buys. Let's go quarter by quarter and take our time here. Um, in the first quarter, number one seed, Naomi Osaka, the defending champion at the top. Looking at the bottom of the quarter, we've got Kiki Burtons. As I go through the middle, Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, whose name I just really love to say. Jorge's very favorite, Veronica Kudermatova, Julia Gorgias, Donna Vekic, um, Yulia Putin-Seva, Arena the Amazonian Warrior, Princess Sabalenka, uh, Victoria Azarenka, Belinda Bencic, Alia Tomjanovic, Annette Contivate, who we all know how much I love her, the world's very favorite, Coco Goff, and um, that's just about it. Just an absolutely stacked quarter. We'll start with you, Spread, since you're back and I'm sure ready to, ready to go here. What do you think of this quarter? Who comes out, and uh, do you see any value here from an outright perspective, or maybe even a quarter market perspective, since this is a slam, we have access to that? Yeah, I'm taking Belinda to win this quarter. Uh, let me go grab the price real quick. First quarter, Belinda Benchik was at plus 1,200. And I just think she's got great form. I don't think there's value at uh, Osaka at plus 300. Sablanka, although she's turning it around here towards the end of the year at plus 700, that's not good value at all. Burton's is actually somewhat intriguing at plus 800. 
Uh, Coco Goff at uh, plus 1100 is a complete <laughs> joke. And, um, yeah, lower than that, I don't know. You might be able to find some value in uh, Vekic at uh, 16 to 1, but uh, I definitely think Benches uh, gives you the best value here in this quarter. So you're not worried about the foot injury in our last match? Oh, I'm worried about it, but I think the 12 to 1 uh, accounts for that because I think if she wasn't hurt, she'd be at about 8 to 1. Agreed. I completely agree with that. I think for me, I'm going to agree with spread here. I think that uh, I'm on Benchich. I've got 14 to 1 over at Unibet. So I was pleased to see that. And I really got some great prices up for, uh, for what I want to play. And I think that she has a decent draw. Um, I'm not huge on the, the, that top section. I mean, I love Annette Contivate, but outside of that, Osaka's going to have a tough, a fairly tough time. I think, you know, Astra Sharma in the second round, even Blinkov in the first round is not a bad young player. Then Potapova or Goff in the third round to get to the fourth round. If Benchich is there, I think Benchich has got a much e- easier path through Manella than Cornet or Pagula. And then, you know, Buzkova, Tomjanovic, Cerebus, Tormor, Contivate. I think Belinda's got a nice path to that fourth round. Uh, and in the bottom section of the quarter, there isn't a whole lot that scares me. And I think that uh, I think that she she can beat uh, anyone down there, except maybe worry about Sabalenka. But her, the price on Sabalenka is too short, as Spread mentioned. So I think when you're when you're assessing both who can actually win this quarter and who's got value in their number, I think Benchich is 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 the play here. Well, we have the dreaded net worth consensus here, boys, because I love her draw as well, um, and especially at that price. When I look at her profile for the last few weeks, and I look at Osaka's profile for the last few weeks, it looks like the same player to me. And one of those is priced, I believe, at 10, 11 to 1 to win the tournament, and one of them is priced at 40, 45 to 1 to win the tournament, um, which makes no sense to me, especially since Benchich has actually beaten Osaka twice this year. Would um, it be the fact that, that Osaka's won two Grand Slams before and Benchich hasn't? What's her best? What's her best? Um... That's result. a great question. I'll quarter see final, maybe? I'm trying to think. Quarter final or semifinal? Or Let a final top of his head. Let me pull that up. Um, but I, you do make a great point. You know, it's always good to kind of go against the bigger name players. They tend to have, um, you know, the, the worst prices because those are the, pe- the people that uh, betters go in and just kind of hammer regardless. Uh, but let's see if I can pull up her uh, grand slam. All right, well, while you do that, if Jorge's still muted... Um, Okay, Sorry about guys. Hey, um, benches, best result. Do you know off the top of your head for a grand oh. slam? No, I'm not good with the individual players' best results in their entire create slam things. I'm, I'm thinking a, it's quarterfinals. I'm seeing a quarterfinal at the U.S. Open of 2014, and that's just about it, to be honest. You know, you know who has that? Slams. If you go to our Wikipedia page, they'll list her best results at each slam. I just realized this, and then you can... Yeah, quarterfinal at the U.S. Open, fourth round Aussie, fourth round Wimbledon, third round French Open. Yeah, so I think the price definitely reflects that, and it actually makes sense because... But if we're playing, if we're just playing the quarters market, she's been to the quarters here, mind you, five years ago. But the, the, if you can get that same result and get her to the quarters, you know, now you're on a 13-to-1 kind of ticket for her to win a match. So right. we know she can get there. She's got the path to do it. The price is nice because of the foot injury. Uh, in Cincinnati, and we don't know how extreme that was. There could have been, remember, a lot of players this close to the slam, this close to a slam, will say, you know what, I'm down. Um, probably going to lose this match against a good player in Azarenka. Even slight discomfort. There's no point in making it worse and trying to, you know, tough out three sets only to lose the next match and jeopardize my U.S. Open chances. So, like, injuries, 
as much as you have to be wary of them, you have to, you know, understand as well that perhaps, you know, that was a precautionary kind of uh, thing to do to just leave Cincinnati, go to New York and have two weeks to, to prep. Yeah, that makes yeah, a lot of sense. And the thing is, uh, the number one person in, in, in that quarter, Osaka also has injury issues too. So it's not like she's the only one um, dealing with them. Um, I was looking just out of curiosity. The other, you know, good price I think there is Kiki Burton's, and I just tried to use uh, Jorge's advice. And yeah, Wikipedia tells me that her best result ever was a semifinal in the French Open in 2016, and she's never made it past the third round at the U.S. Open. So that could be a reason that uh, you might want to stay away from Burton's. Well, I'm just going to stay away from Burton's for my own mental sanity. Yeah, of course. Before we move on, I want to circle back to, you know, your kind of joking comment and and mention something that I wrote in my preview a few times. I'll have my preview out later tonight on deepdivemedia.co. But do not bet Coco Goff to win this tournament. Do not bet Coco Goff to win this tournament. And for a third time, do not bet Coco Goff to win this tournament. She's 15 years old. Um, the youngest woman to ever win this, um, Monica Sellis, was 16 years old. Martina Hingis was 16 years old. That was in 1997 and 1979. That is not today's WTA. She is a Wait, wonderful what? player. I want her to win the... Hold on. Go through those numbers again. Um, 16 years old. It was Hingis and Sellis. I think Hingis won in 1997 and Sellis won in 1979. No, Sellis no. didn't play in 1979. No, no what did I, I got the wrong name. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Sellis won at 17. It was some name I don't Tracy Austin, maybe? Tracy Austin. Tracy yeah, Austin. There we go. Sorry. There we go. There All go. right, that makes more sense. Sellis 79, won 17. <laughs> All right, there we go. That makes more sense. That's why you guys are here. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know, know, I don't know weird Austin Italian players. players. I have no idea when yeah. Monica Sellis played. But the, the point oh still God. remains. You shouldn't bet a 15-year-old to win this tournament. Um, no. Now, I hope I'm wrong about that. I hope she storms through the field and wins, and you guys can cut this out and play it and send it to me over and over again. I would love it. That would make me well, happy. And here, let me show you how old I am. If I remember right, I think Tracy Austin beat Everett and Navratilova to win that title. Ooh. Because I was thinking that's the most impressive. I think I came along with that when we were talking about the most impressive teenage performance in a slam, and I thought that was just, you know, by far – about it the best you could do as a teenager. Now a caveat on Coco Goff too, by the way. If you have her at a thousand to one, then yes, you can bet her. But most books have her well under a hundred to one. And in that case you can't. I think it, again it's all number dependent. If your book is stupid enough to hang like a, a thousand to one on Coco Goff, yeah. Throw however much money they'll let you put on it. Five, ten, twenty, I don't know what the, the limits will be at those crazy odds, because she has run through you know, multiple matches already uh, this season at Wimbledon. <laughs> Five but, times has her at 80-1, to one and uh, she has better odds than Vondrasova and Sharapova. Well, Vondrasova's <laughs> out, I think, unless, okay. they, unless she got moved I, I'm just well. trying to show, you know, Vondrasova yeah. has somewhat of a pedigree making the final of the, of the French. Sharapova, obviously, Grand Slam champion. Venus Williams, Grand Slam champion. You're telling me Coco Goff has a better chance than the Venus Williams or Donna Bekic? Absolutely not, yeah. Yeah, I'm even no, seeing I, I get worse that. prices than that. I got 40 to 1. She's lower than Muguruza, Yastremska, Honda, <laughs> Azarenka, Contivate. I mean, Wozniacki. It's it's insanity. I, you make a great point, Jorge. You can bet Coco Goff if you have even 100 to 1. What the heck? Put $5 on it, but not at 40 to 1. Maybe even not at 80 to 1. I don't know. It seems like a, uh, a foolish wager. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, any other thoughts on the first quarter before we move on to the second quarter? 
No, let's move on. And just to commend you, spread that's a great memory. Tracy Austin beat Navratilova in two sets in the semis and Chris Everett in two sets in the finals. A very, very impressive win for really anybody, let alone a 16-year-old. But let's jump into the second quarter. We've got Simona Halep at the top of the quarter. Petra Kvitova at the bottom if she plays. Boy, I hope she does. Looking in the middle here, some other names. Katarina Siniakova, Barbara Stritseva, Caroline Wozniacki, Danielle Rose Collins. Um, Bianca Andreescu, who we'll be talking about, I'm sure. Sloane Stevens, uh, Svetlana Kuznetsova. Or is it Kuznetsova, Jorge? What do you think? I say Kuznetsova. There you go. Muguruza, Elise Mertens, who's here to probably let us down again, and, and that's just about everybody. We'll start with you, Jorge, this time. What do you think about the second quarter? Um, are you just going to place half your bankroll on Andreescu out of uh, Canadian pride? No, I thought that was this is actually a great segue um, because you made that comment, and my only double up outright is on Elise Merton. So <laughs> really I figured, yeah, I, well, it's only That's because surprise. I, and here's, here's a fun part about shopping around. So her outright price for the tournament at Unibet is one sixty six to one. Oof. That's outrageous. But her quarter, her price to win the quarter is better at bet three, six, five than it is at Unibet. So at bet three, six, five, she's a hundred to one to win outright and 22 to one to win her quarter at, Unibet, she's 20, 20 to 1 to win her quarter, but 166 to 1 to win outright. So I've got an outright with bet 365 on the second quarter at 22 to 1. Then I've got one on the outright with Unibet at 166 to 1. Um, I don't mind her path. I respect her hard court game more than most. I just think that, I mean, Unibet has Venus Williams at 151. In what goddamn world is Venus Williams more likely to win this tournament than Merton's? Venus Williams should be 150 to one to get to the third or fourth round at this stage in her career. Like, get out of here, 150 to one. Make her a thousand to one. I wouldn't bet Venus Williams to win this tournament, but I digress. Um, yeah, I think that this is a great opportunity to <laughs> to back Elise Mertens. I, I I look at this quarter. I see Sloan Steve. Is this? Yeah, yep. Sloan's in this Sloan's uh, in, the in here, and I just don't trust her. Even though she's back with Kamau, and this is a Grand Slam. Uh, Muguruza, I don't trust her form right now. Petra Kvitova still has injury questions after losing to Sekiri. Uh She has Jill Teichman and then Christina Pliskova or Diane Perry. She has a bye to the third round, essentially, um, as does Kvitova. But then how many matches can Kvitova go right now at, at, at her top level? I just really, really like her chances to get to the fourth round. Um, and then, you know, there's not a lot that scares me. I think Bianca Andreescu scares, scares me the most of anyone uh, in that top section, even more than Halep, just because she's she can absolutely blitz uh, Elise off the court. So uh, I'll be almost, if I, if I get Elise to the fourth round, um, I'll almost be rooting, or sorry, the quarters, um, I'll almost be rooting against <laughs> Bianca uh, in one of the earlier rounds, just so I can see uh, my Elise... Merton's outright get someone other than Halep or Bianca. I think that that looks really nice. Yeah, I think that that's a pretty good look. Um, but what do you think, Spread? You you following along here on Merton's, or do you have some different thoughts on the second? I mean, it makes sense when he when he outlines it like that. But I just uh, Halep or Andrescu, whoever comes out of that, I can't see Merton's beating either of those women. So I mean, I guess that's hedge central right there. Um, but he's made a great point about she does have a pretty nice early draw. Um, and it, you actually, you know, you speak of that way, 
because really we're just assuming that Petra's not 100% healthy. If she was 100% healthy, she would have had the best draw, you yes. know, to the quarters of, of anyone here. So it's just funny how it works out like that. But um, same thing uh, for me on the last one. I'm not going to go with the, the overall favorite, although I think Halep is uh, a nice look here. But Andre Escuit, uh four and a half to one, I think that she's a good look to win this quarter. She's just been on fire. Uh, you know, she's finding ways to win and, you know, just proving she's a great all-court player. And, you know, we discussed the surface speed before we started, but – you know, Indian Wells could be a nice harbinger of success here for uh, Andreescu. So what do you guys think the line for the Halep-Andreescu match is going to be? When I look at the draw, that seems kind of like an inevitability. Um, you know, there's some other names in here that might shake things up. But if we do get Halep-Andreescu, Jorge, what do you think the line's going to be? Oh, gosh. Minus 200. Uh, I, have... I don't think you'd have to make Halep that big of a favorite. I think it has to be shorter than that. Yeah, I think it has to be around minus one. I don't know the... Off the top of my head, I need my odds calculator, um, my odds converter in front of me. But what do you think uh, of one point one point six one one point something like that? Yes, I think that's like minus two hundred is one point five, right? Yeah, yeah minus so two hundred one point six. I think is like in the minus one seventies. So not not that far up, but close. So I guess what I'm getting at here is. I'm betting Andreescu. I'm going to bet Andreescu in that match. I think if she's an underdog of any price. Um, you know, I would actually line that pretty evenly. Maybe Halep is as short as minus 150. So thinking that kind of far ahead, I love the idea of taking Andreescu at 4.5 to 1 as opposed to Halep at 1.5 to 1. That that kind of blows my mind. Um, and if you do have Andreescu at 4.5 to 1, I'm definitely going to follow you here on Mertens, Jorge. I love that. Um, I went through her draw a little bit. I don't quite have her there, but as, as I look, I'm reconsidering some of these decisions. And the best price I've got on Mertens to win the quarter is 22 to 1. And I think there's a good chance I've got both quarter finalists here at one at 22 to 1 and one at 4.5 to 1. So I think if you are looking at Andreescu and you're thinking about betting her in that match against Halep, you know, it's good to think kind of ahead when you're looking at these things because you can kind of, you know, lay things out and maybe give yourself a little bit of an edge. But. At four and a half to one, I'm with you on this spread. I, th I think that's a really cheap price on someone who's just dominated hard courts this year. All right, well, let's have some fun here. Now, let's just say I have to, that you have to take someone that's more than 20 to one. Jorge already took Mertens. Who would you take, Noobs? Ooh, it's got to be more than 20 to one. So let me flip through yeah. the list here. I'm looking at five dimes. Greater than 20 to one, I've got yeah, Wozniacki at 22. Too. I'll pass on that. Ostapenko at 25. <laughs> Danielle Collins is 33-1. That's interesting. I wish that we had seen Collins play some better tennis. Who's that? Danielle Collins. Okay. And honestly, But, I mean, doesn't she just seem like the type that could get hot? And if she did, you know, no one want to play her? Maybe. Yeah, but, I mean, when's the last time she did that? I don't know. I just, I think the conditions suit her. You know, she's she likes the hot weather. It's supposed to be hot the next couple weeks. Um, that was just mine. If you said, hey, you have to pick one that's more than 21, I, I'd like Collins. Sinyakova. I'm going Sinyakova at 40 to yeah, 1. Yeah, she's the other one that jumped out to me too. Right. So when you're looking at those higher odds, you're just hoping for somebody who's really talented who might be able to find a way to redline. Um, yeah. Betting Sinyakova is just one of the silliest things you can do regularly. But she's got Cersei in the, <laughs> she's got Cersei yeah. in the first she's round. She's got a great Twitter account. Yeah. Cersei in the first round, not worried about that. Maybe Balsova there in the second oh, round. Okay. Or Stritzova, I'll have not my too disagreement. worried about that. I'll have my disagreement with you in the individual match section. Yeah, we'll save that for that. But, yeah, I don't think Christy is as easy as he's given credit for. Well, 
We'll see. I think it was the Balsova match that actually got Jorge excited. But oh, was nope. it? Nope. No, it was Cristea. All right. Okay. So we'll get, we'll get to that then when we get to the first-round matchups. That'll be fun. I do want to just touch slightly on Sloane Stevens, who, as we know, reunited with Kamal Murray. The coach and, uh, stealer? The coach stealer. Sloan yeah. the Steeler Stevens. I like that. That kind of yeah. has, a, has a ring to it, nice alliteration. Um, but as some of you probably already know, Kamal Murray, her coach, um, the last time, well, actually the only time she won this event, um, is back with her this <laughs> week after, um, it sounds like abandoning Monica Puig, and we'll talk about her a little bit more later. But you know, Stevens has kind of a nice draw here. Now, I have her losing to Kuznetsova here in the second round, but do either of you have any optimism about her? Do you think this coaching change maybe is – you know what she needs to to get back into some form. I'll start with you, Spread. What do you think? I mean, if there was anything that would do it, I would think this would be it. But then, just like hypothetically, like like what is he really going to do? There's no encore coaching. What he's just going to like kick it with her like before the match and after the match and give her better strategy? Like I don't know. Like how much? Do you think he could really help? And, and I'm, I'm asking as a question, like, what do you guys think? Like, what could he do in this short period of time to really turn exactly. it around? Same, same. That's exactly what I think as well. Yeah, I think she benefits the most from the on-court stuff. You know, when you watch her matches, when she just quits, she quits. And unless the coach yeah. is there to kind of talk her back into it, um, she, it just doesn't happen. So I share kind of the lack of optimism in the group. And, you know, this is another thing, just like Coco Goff. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Sloane Stevens plays amazing tennis the next fortnight and we see her in the finals, quarterfinals, or even win. But I, I too, am lacking optimism. So any other thoughts here on the second quarter before we wrap up? Nope. nope. All right. Nope. Third quarter, Jorge's actual favorite player, Queen Alina Svitolina there as the top seed. Carolina Pliskova, the San Antonio Spurs there at the bottom. Looking through the middle, Jennifer Brady, um, Caroline Garcia, which means we might get to see that again. Um, Ekaterina Alexandrova, <laughs> who I've, I've enjoyed betting. Uh, Gasparian, Conta, Madison Keys. Madison, the only two-time champion this year on the tour, Keys. Um, uh, Coco Van I don't think anybody else has true? won two titles. I'll double-check. but Andre Eskew? Uh, yeah. She went oh, Indian Wells in Toronto. Toronto. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Never mind. So there was There's no repeat champion before Andre Eskew in Toronto. Oh, well. That's good. I'll have There's to go back and edit my piece. Five. At the WT level? Anyway, let's let's not get into that. I'm an idiot. Moving on. Most tournament titles. Ashley Barty, Chris, Carolina Pliskova have three. This year? Yeah. Hmm. Well, mm-hmm. so I saw a bad tweet at some point. Anyway. Um, if you only saw one bad tweet, you're doing pretty good on Twitter. I know. <laughs> so let's move forward as opposed to harp on how stupid I am because I think everybody knows that by now. Um, Svitolina, what do you think, Jorge? Has she got a chance this year? Oh, I, I, oh, I always think she has a chance on the hard court slams, man. I don't know how Wimbledon, or yeah, Wimbledon has been her best slam finish ever. Uh, I'll never forget that match. I think it was 2017 against Keys. I was at work at the radio station I was at. That three-setter was freaking epic, and I really thought she was going to be through the quarters there. Um, it, it, you know, and look where, look where they would meet again this year. Madison Keys and Alita Svitolina, if they make it, would meet in the fourth round of the U.S. Open. Bad memories there. Um, I think Estremska has a chance to beat her. Yeah. Um, Kennan has beaten her I think, twice already this year. Keys has beaten her in this tournament at this exact juncture where they're slated to meet already. This is not a friendly draw to Alita Svitolina outside of, I mean, the first round, she's way overpriced. Whitney Osigwe is a good young player. Um, and then the second round is a bye. 
um, because it's either a geriatric person who, you know, can't win unless you hit the ball right at them. Um, and so everybody Zai does. Zai so, um, yeah, but Alina's smarter than that. She won't. So she, that's a buy for her. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I don't like this draw for her at all. Um, the only future I have in the third quarter comes um, – or is it the fourth quarter, I believe? No, I think it's the fourth quarter. Yeah, this the third, I know. Yeah. yeah. All right, Spread, what do you think if we do end up with a Venus Williams-Alina Svitolina match and Venus Williams is in the second set up a break, do we call the police and send him to Jorge's house? Um, do we have somebody go over there and check out on him? Because I'm going to be really concerned. Well, how about you? Um, yeah, I'll probably just be in his DMs chanting USA, USA. Uh, <laughs> That's very nice of, of you. You're going to rub it in. a bunch of Compton, California rap songs. That's great. Uh, oh, no, but California. he's right, though. She just got a horrible draw for her. She went, She's going against the Bashers. Yastrzemska, I think, is just a bad matchup for her because if Yastrzemska redlines, I think that Svitolina is going to have problems uh, unless, you know, she gets that slower Arthur Ashe that, we, that we've talked about earlier. And But then Keys is the same deal. And then I love Keys here at the U.S. Open. This is my favorite outright. If I could only place one bet, I would take Keys to win a quarter. Um you know, I just think that this is a great opportunity for um, Cincinnati kind of lowered the price because I've been looking at this all year. But Grand Slam Keys uh, on home soil, I love it. Yeah, Keys is really good. You, you mentioned the name I liked earlier, though, Yastremska. She's 10-1 to 1 to win the quarter, 50-1 to 1 to win the whole tournament. I just love her game on hard court. She seems to be able to do kind of everything at, at a plus level. Um, and to your point, Spread, when she redlines, she's as good as just about anybody. Um, mm-hmm. Keys it, you know, it's keys. I, I I struggle betting her. I mean, it was really great to watch her in Cincinnati, but I don't think even really until the final I, I was sure that she was going to win that event. Um, but love Yastrzemski here. I think that she's got a chance to, to, to make some moves. Um, now, what do you think, Jorge? Did you have any other thoughts on this quarter uh, besides lamenting Svitolina's draw? Uh, zero outrights here. Um, I think, you know, the, the, big, the only ones that I, I would look at are way too... Um, overpriced and Keys and Plushkova, I think they do stand the best chance. Yastremska, for me, as much as she can redline, and she's the exact type of player that Svenalina hates to play um, when she's on the top of her game. But, you know, when you've got to win, you know, first, second, third, fourth, and quarter match just to cash a quarter's ticket, that's a lot to ask for her because she's she's never put five matches together in a row like that at her best form other than the two tournaments she won which were some of the worst fields we've seen all season, Strasbourg and Wawin. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pass on her there. And, and, you know, the top half of that third quarter is loaded, for my mind. I think Svitolini, Stromska, Kennan, and Keys, all the seeds have a real good shot here. And I think their prices are all too low to win the quarter, considering only one of those four can even get to the quarters, let alone have to win it against potentially Karolina Pliskova. So, I, to me, there's no value in this third quarter in the outright market. So there were two... Uh, Noobs, real quick. quick. Do you yeah, have uh, the Google machine in front of you? I wanted to do a little trivia for you. Right. When is the last time that Madison Keys got eliminated before the fourth round of a Grand Slam? When is the last time she got kicked out? I actually think it happened this year. I'm trying to think how long she went in the French. Um, but let's see. Grand Slams. Madison Keys. Nope, she made the quarterfinals in Roland Garros. She made the round of 16 at the Australian. She made the semifinals. So oh, you know, at the Wimbledon, that's what. Wimbledon, she lost in the second round this year. But before okay. that, actually, it looks like Wimbledon's her toughest slam. Wimbledon, she only made the round of 32 the year before, but she, Roland she Garros. Also, 
I think she's been she's, at least the quarterfinals the last few times. The U.S. Open, I think, semifinal the last couple times. Yeah. And the Australian yeah, the U.S. Open, Open well. and, and French are her, are her big ones. Um, Which is funny. That is, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, I don't know. You wouldn't think that, would you? No. So there were two other prices, and these aren't outrights, just to win the quarter prices. You know, I'm always one to um, bet against Pliskova here. She seems to have a, a letdown in these bigger events. And there were two numbers I looked at, Alexandrova at 40-1 to 1 and Jennifer Brady at 50-1 to 1 to win the quarter. Now, you know, it's tough for me to see them beating whoever comes out at the top half here, but at those numbers, 40 and 50-1, to 1, if they can get to the quarterfinals, I am in an absolutely spectacular spot. So I'll start with you, Jorge. Do you think either uh, Brady or Alexandrova can take out Pliskova and make the quarterfinals? Maybe Alexandrova, not Jen Brady. I'm not sold on that, no. How about you, Spray? If you're going to go for an American long shot, how about Parrot at 80 to 1? I like her better than Brady. That's an interesting thought. She does get Pliskova around earlier. Um, it only has the qualifier to play. Brady will have to beat Garcia, I think, for the third or fourth time this year. Um, but that's another interesting thought. I'm going to think about those a little more. I love Alexandrova's game and her little section here. You know, she's got Joe Conta in there, but um, we just got news von der Sova. It looks like I was she's just going to bring her up. What do you think about her, her spread? I mean, she hasn't played too great, oddly enough, since the clay season. Um, so maybe hard courts is, is what she's looking for. I don't know. What do you think about her chances these next two weeks? You know, I really like her game, but I think out of all the players, um, she really struggles in heat. So I don't think the conditions are going to be good for her. I was kind of looking at her draw, but I kind of have a feeling she's going to be exhausted by the third or fourth round because she doesn't seem to, to handle the heat well. What do you think, Jorge, about Conta's chances? I, I can't bet Joe Conta on the outright markets ever, unless she's like 100 to 1 on grass somewhere. And then it's like, <laughs> all right, you know, you've enticed me. But it's it's too tough. This is, so many of these women are just so easy to rule out from the get-go because of their inconsistencies. Um, so you've just got to find ones that you believe are consistent enough with high enough prices, and um, that's ultimately how I go about uh, breaking down these draws. Yeah, look yeah I would say that her eighth is the is the weakest eighth in the whole thing. Yeah. Plisko is eighth. Last two years, Conta out in the first round, lost in three sets in 2017 to Krunich and two very quick sets against Garcia last year. So I think you're right, Spread. This is not the event for her. All right, guys, any other thoughts on the third quarter before we jump to the fourth and final quarter? Let's do it. Noted mother and temper tantrum thrower, Serena Williams is the top seed here. Um, at the bottom, we've got Ashley Barty. Well, she's actually the two seed. Serena's just on the top of the quarter. Visually, it looks nicer. In the middle, Maria Sharapova, Karolina Muchova, Suwe Shea, Petra Martic, Tamara Zadancic, although unfortunately this isn't clay, Iga Swiatek, Jeannie Bouchard, Anastasia Sevastova, Angelique Kerber, Mladenovic, um, Kuzmova, Van Utvank, yeah. Uh, Wang Jiang, I'm trying to get better at that. Camilla Georgie, if she decides to play this next week. And Ashley Barty, as I mentioned, another really great loaded quarter. I'll start with you this time, Spread. What do you think of the fourth quarter? Is it Williams? Is it Barty? Is it someone else? I have Barty, but would you guys say this is the toughest quarter of the four quarters? It's probably this one of the first one for me. I, I would go... It's definitely not the second or third for me. Um, I would say... I think the first one you could make a case as well. Uh, no, I, I I don't know. I think Fred's right. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I just thought this was a tough quarter. But, well, then um, who wins it? I don't care Barty. how hard it is. I like I like Barty here. All right. Well, I think we're going to see a, a, 
I mean, just she's playing great tennis. I know I took her on the the uh, the last pod. I think when I was on the was it the Toronto preview, mm-hmm. and she flamed out in the first round. But uh, you know, I think that she's back. I think she's ready to go. And I just I really like her game. I like all the improvements she's made this year. And um, as we're talking about this tough quarter, but she got a first. She got a nice couple first matches to kind of get herself in the groove here. Um, and I'm kind of going chalky here. I like uh, a Barty Serena uh, quarterfinal match here to see who makes the semis. Yeah, that was when you were asking which was the hardest quarter. When I look at the bottom half of this quarter, it's not too daunting. I, I guess I just don't have the highest right. expectations for Kerber. Um, it's been a that, while I mean, that's what it comes down to. How well do you think Kerber is? And but... she hasn't played very well at all lately. No. Um, I would say that Barty's been building her way up since winning, uh, since uh, losing in the Wimbledon fourth round. Um, that first round loss to Kennan wasn't great, and then she hammered Sharapova in Cincinnati. But then two really tough, tough wins um, against Contivate and Secre, in which she lost the first set in both before being completely dispatched by Kuznetsova. But for me, I think you're seeing her build, you know, that first round exit to a semifinal, batting through some tough wins. And now I think you're going to see her, you know, on her, on her third hardcourt tournament of the summer, kind of ease in and look a lot more comfortable. So I'm on a Barty outright at 10 to 1. I think there's a very good chance she wins this tournament, um, you know, even even 13 to 15% of the time, uh, if not more. So there's, there's definitely an edge uh, on that number for me. But in the fourth quarter itself, the quarter market, I find the value to be more on Iga Sviatek because I think that, I mean, if Barty beats Serena in the quarters to me she's the undoubt, undoubted favorite to move to move on and win um so the outright market on the quarters for me is like i guess i'd rather have the value at 10 to 1 than the than the much lower price i get on the quarters market um because if, if serena's going to beat her, i'd rather be holding a 10 to 1 ticket than than the quarter ticket but i think that the value comes in opposing serena in the top half and i'm going to go with Iga Sviatek at 33 to 1 at unibet i looked at the bet 365 number it enticed me um, then I saw the Unibet number at 33 to 1, and I knew that was a bet right away. Just because I, I wonder, we still don't know how Serena's you know back spasms or back is holding up. I don't think she moves as well as some of the commentators on TV. You know the commentators that watch the big events, you know the ESPN crews, whatever. <laughs> Serena's, Serena's moving so well. I'm like, are we watching the same match right now? Serena looks like every step, like she is having to like lift her legs up with her hands to move. Uh, I completely disagree. I think that uh, Sviatek going through Jorovic, and then, you know, I think she can take care of Sevastova, honestly, on hard courts. Uh, I'm not even entertained the idea of Jeannie Bouchard getting there. And then, you know, Dart, Bogdan, Zidancic, or Martic. That second round is tougher than the third round. So I think, you know, she gets through the second round, she can. she's very well capable of getting to the fourth. That's where Serena might be. Um, but if Serena's hurt and can't move well, and Sue Shea ends up, you know, pulling off a miraculous victory as like a 5-1 to one dog, all of a sudden I'm looking a lot better in my spot, you know, in the fourth round, needing two match wins without Serena in the way, potentially Barty being in the way later, but if I can get a 33-1 to one quarter ticket versus a 10-1 to one outright ticket, I'm a happy guy. Yeah, I like that look on the quarter. I wish I had that price. I've only got 25-1. to one. Hopefully... Somebody else will pop up with a fourth quarter price as, as good as that. I was looking at Shea. I've got Shea actually at 33 to 1. Um, my Schweitek price is at 22 to 1, but I, I like that angle a lot. I think this tournament does set up nicely to fade Serena because 
as you said, everyone seemed to be really confident in how she looked. I, you know, I think she looked in better shape the last two weeks, but still not. I mean, if I had to use a word to describe her movement, it would be lumbering, and that's not good for a tennis player. Um, love the Barty look here. I had 10 to 1. That price looks just about right to me. I was hoping maybe for like a 12 or 13, but I might talk myself into it sooner rather than later. Um, now, Spread, you said you liked Barty here. Are you going to be betting her at all, or is this just a, a bracket pick for you? Oh, no, I'm taking her to win the quarter. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so three to other, one? other ideas, let me check. I think that's what I got. Yeah, I did five times. I'll log me out. But uh, before I log back in, let me go on the other stuff on this quarter here. Uh, Sakari was someone I was looking at, and I think that this draw just sucks for her. I think Barty's like the worst matchup. Like, her path for victory is just hope to, uh, that Barty plays poorly because it's just a horrible matchup for her. She's just a grinder, and just Barty eats a type of part. Uh, another one, the bad matchups, like, uh, I know you like Shay. I think that's a bad matchup having to go against Serena. Um, Serena's not going to be fooled by all that junk ball and stuff and you know, all their little veteran tricks, that's going to be nothing. I think Serena's going to roll by her if, if if they meet in the third quarter. So that's another one. And I did like the Swee attack, but I think that um, Petra Martic could pose her some problems if they end up playing there. So that would be a fun match. As, uh, it would be Martic for Swee attack. I think that would be a real test of, of how much Swee attack is developing and how, how well our game's going to gonna be able to be showcased outside of clay. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, anything for the first quarter before we do a quick recap of our outrights and quarter bets? Who has a worse chance of winning this quarter, Bouchard or Mladenovic? Oh, Bouchard. Bouchard. <laughs> Definitely Bouchard. I mean, he's bad, mean, but, like, she still has match wins since February. Has Bouchard no, won a match since February? I, I was really hoping she was going to come back. Remember when she got um, – Sasha, at the beginning of the year, we said, oh, he's the greatest coach. Oh, this is so cool. You know, coaching really matters. And then, like, two weeks later, she just went back to being her normal self. Yeah, but, like, she's won a match since, you know, the the freaking year wasn't too, like, a month and a half old. Like, Gene Bouchard hasn't won since February 17th. Really? It's been that long? It's been that long. She was in oh. Doha. Or, no, sorry, Dubai, not Doha. She lost the first round of qualies to Madison Brangle in Doha. My apologies. Gave her too much credit there. Um, she beat Vera Lapko in Dubai. Excellent win for her, beating Vera Lapko. Uh, and then lost to Halep. 7-6-6-4. Actually, rather impressive. She covered the spread in, her la- in, in, in that tournament, in her loss, at least. <laughs> That's a step up. But, like, since that, since that point, Mladenovic has, oh, God, how many wins? Over a dozen just Madrid and Rome alone, she has, like, quadruple. Yeah, she was looking nice on clay season, and then just yeah. bye-bye. All right, let's do so, a quick... All right, enough meanness. I'm sorry. Well, that was sweet. I liked it. I'm glad that you took the time to do that. It's, it, what, you, what, what, <laughs> you've been getting hardened up, hardened up a little bit here during your break. That's, I think, your second or third jab. That's very uncalifiable. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell Gavin Newsom on me. All right, I won't. First quarter, uh, we're all like Belinda Bencic to win the quarter. I'm actually going to take her to win the whole tournament. I think that was just about it for the first quarter. Um, You know, guys, stop me if I miss anything that you said. No, Um, Bencic was the dreaded consensus. Wonderful. Second quarter. Listeners can throw that one out the window. (laughs) Second quarter, um, looking at an Andreescu bet and a Mertens bet to win the quarter. Um, I might talk myself an Andreescu to win the whole thing. She's just been so good this year. But as of right now, just take those two to win the quarter. Um, 
Let's see. Third quarter. I like Yastrzemska to win the tournament at 50 to 1, and I'm going to look at her quarter price. I actually skipped over that, I think, while we were talking. Um, but to win the quarter, she's like 10 to 1. I'm going to look at that as well. Um, in the bottom half of the quarter, I'm going to consider probably Alexandrova at 40 to 1. I'll put just a little bit on that. Um, did I miss anything? And that was my favorite bet in that third quarter is Keys to win the to win the quarter. That's, That's my right. favorite bet of the whole tournament. I knew I missed one, so we had Keys to win the quarter there. And then in the bottom, Jorge likes Barty to win the whole tournament. Spread likes Barty to win the quarter. And uh, Jorge also likes Schweitek uh, at 33 to 1 to win the quarter. Hopefully you mm -hmm. can get that price. I think I got everything. Any outrights or quarter bets I missed, guys? Nope, you got all mine. Just remember, people, if you have Unibet, if you're in – Great Britain, Australia, Canada. Someone that has Unibet, Elise Mertens on the outright to win the whole thing at 166 to 1 is a huge mistake. Love that number. If I could get it, I've only got like 120 to 1. I'll maybe even sprinkle a little on that, but 160 is a great number. Let's jump into some first round matches, of which we have plenty. I've got Bet365 pulled up as usual because I like how they just list them all out. But of course, this is your warning and, and reminder. They do have the best layout, don't they? It's great. Um, just a reminder, be sure to check prices everywhere because the juice on, on some of these that I, I read to you guys, the VIG on the Bet365 prices are pretty hilarious. Um, let's go through. I'll try to blast through some of the higher odds ones, but you guys stop me if you have anything interesting to say. Ashley Barty is minus 1,000 against Zernina Dias. Good for her. Um, Venus Williams minus 175 against Sai Sai Zhang. So, Jorge, how much did you bet on Venus? <laughs> I almost answered that question thinking you would ask Zhang. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to go ahead and throw a tiny bit. I wasn't going to. I was going to wait till she played the queen to fade hard with like a, <laughs> like a hammer bet because Alina loves to play angles and is not afraid of power and will angle it back and make that old woman run all day. Um, but once the price got to plus 147, uh, at Pinnacle earlier, I said, screw it, I've got to play Zhang. So I played like a quarter unit just... Just as like a, a pure, I hate 39-year-old Venus Williams fade. <laughs> I had to. I ha You know me, I have to. I'm an asshole. What do you want? All right, what do you think, Who's Spread? Are you going to stand Venus up for the American? Who's I said again, Spread? I said, who's worse to you, Venus or Tottenham? Oh, Tottenham. That's not even close. <laughs> okay. Oh, don't even bring Totten scum into this podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Just uh, I had to stick up for v Venus, you know. We're on the same age group. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually the highlight of my week last week, Spread. I posted a poll. What does uh, Jorge hate the most or, hate, or love the most? It was, uh, I'm trying to remember, Venus Williams, a swift kick to the groin, head-to-head um, -head <laughs> stats when handicapping, and Noops Lame oh, Canada jokes. And Noops Lame's Canada jokes took the day. Although oh, I don't hate the Canada jokes. I love the Canada jokes. You so really hate head-to-head -head that much. Oh, I despise head-to-head -head and handicapping. That's I, funny because me and Vinny, like, love it. I just think it's it's so – the the, the – context of the way people use it is so misused that it almost hurts your handicap because you talk yourself out of value using un you know non-contextualized information i just i think so many people miss great bets because of head to head which really has no bearing on the next match madison anyway so um real quick on that one still though size i zang did pretty well in san jose but then uh, not too well in Toronto and Cincinnati. Do, do you think that's going to help her, or do you think that that momentum's pretty much gone? Oh, it just depends on how she returns and how, how well Venus is hitting, if she's hitting clean enough. Because if Venus is hitting clean enough, she should win. I mean, the line was about right when it was side-side plus 120, plus 125. No one should ever be plus 147 that has half a decent tennis game. Um, 
at this juncture against Venus, so I had to hit that. But um, yeah, I think this is on Venus's racket. I just, I just don't think anyone should be that, you know, over, uh, underpriced. It definitely is, but I think that Sizai's got the game to kind of just get the ball back, and if Venus isn't in her best, she. That's what know, I mean. That's the style that's to match yeah. the meter. So, um, yeah, interesting look there. Okay. All right, Sarita Williams minus 300 against Maria Sharapova. That should be a lot of fun to watch, but I can't think of an angle to bet this. What do you, how about you, Spread? Oh, well, I was just about to pull up their head-to-head right now. <laughs> I think Sarita's yeah, that like one's 6 and 2 or 5 and 2 or something. Or it's some huge number in 2. 19 to 2. Oh, it's 19 to 2. <laughs> they played 21 it's times. So that's impressive. And, it's um, so bad. Like Sharapova won. She won two of the first three or four. I think Serena has won like 14 or 15 in a row. But again, none of those since 2016. But they're both not the player they were when they were playing all those 13 wins in a row. So it's like Sharapova hasn't beat her since 2004. I know you, but you can't just straight up bet Serena based on that fact. Serena is not the same Serena she was when she was racking up, you know, 24 Grand Slam titles. But you don't think that that mental thing is still behind? I mean, there was accusations, and I didn't read it, that half of Sharapova's book was just about how she was scared of Serena and, you know. Uh, you're getting her biography and half of it was about Serena. I mean, definitely, I think there is like a mental advantage there. And then with Sharapova not even being 100%, I just, I really don't see her path to victory here. I think this I don't, is... I don't think there's an angle to bet, but I, I just want to see how many 2 nothing tickets could be ruined by Sharapova stealing a 6-4 set and then Serena winning the other two, you know, like 6-3, 6-2. Yeah, like, I mean. So many people are going to bet Serena 2 nothing or Serena minus Four and a half and, and I don't games. even think that's a bad bet. Sharapova hasn't even won a set since 2013, and I'm using your least favorite stat. And then, I'm no, not. a set. Last time she won a set. Oh, against Serena head to head. Yeah, okay. against Serena, yeah. So, I know you hate that, but I thought it was a perfect segue because I think that this is like a, a great example of where head to head actually matters. I mean, she's obviously mentally in her head and. Okay. You, know, you rarely get a sample size of 21 matches. That's the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, again, how relevant is a match from 2013 and 2019 on but either I mean, player? If she's They're both about shells it. of what they were. Yeah. I don't know. I All just right. think. I just think that she has a. I don't think like, that Serena's nearly she, the shell that Sharapova is. She could grind out a seven-five set, and Sharapova hasn't played a lot of bad tennis lately either. She's been beaten by some really, really. Uh, you know, peak level players um, like that Contevay match. Uh, I, I'm just not sold. I, I could easily see this. I think if you're going to bet Serena, take the spread because I could totally see Sharapova just like buckling down, winning a set 7-5 and then Serena just taking the other two 6-2-6-2. But like the 2 nothing bet here, I think, oh God, I hate the word trap line. I don't know how I want to word it. It's not a trap. Vegas isn't trapping you into betting it. Um, I just think it's it's a bad bet personally but if, all right, I, I could i could see the spread cashing but i'm not going to bet it i don't think there's value in the numbers so if we're going for like depreciating skills and you know this is going off sharapova being a, a shell of herself how much do you think sharapova has depreciated it since 2013 compared to serena because i'd say that sharapova is about 30 percent of what she used to be and i'd say serena oh, like i don't think it's 80%. that percent i don't think it's that extreme really because i would say that sharapova was a serious contender to win a grand slam in 2013 you know, anyone she entered, she had a chance to win. And, I mean, I don't even consider her – obviously, this is a bad draw, but even without this draw, I wouldn't even consider her, like, a threat to get to the third or fourth round now. All right. 
Moving on, Madison Keys minus a thousand of a Masaki. <laughs> you have to admit this is the best first round match that we have to, to break down. I mean, this is just for us to be able to get a cool match like this in the first round. It's just awesome. So that's why I want to really have some fun with it, noobs. But yeah, we'll move on. <laughs> All right. You know, I'd, I could. I could listen to you guys talk about this for hours. But I think, you know, at this point, we're about 50 minutes into the podcast, and I yeah. have no less than 40 or so matches left to handicap. Onward we go. And it's Friday night. That's right. Jorge's right. got some beers to drink. Madison right. Keys. We got 40 matches and some 80 proof, uh, and 80 proof whiskey going over here. Let's go. Wonderful. Madison Keys minus 1,000 over Masaki. Doi, good for her. Alia Tomjanovic, a dog, plus 162 to boost Kova, who's minus 200. I know you love Tomjanovic as a dog spread. You going to better here? Yeah, I mean, I like boost Kova when I first saw it, but boy, I mean, is that an overreaction on that price there? I don't think that even though she's been playing better, I don't think that she deserves to be that much. I don't know if I have these stones to actually go against her, but I, I think that's priced improperly. I think that if you're looking at that, I think Alja's the, the value play there. I'm definitely going to take Alja there. What do you think, Jorge? Yeah, I took Isla as well. Um, oh, you already I'm did? Not, yeah, I'm just, I think the, the market got, she opened at like plus 122. And they bet her out to plus 161 before she came back in a bit. I got her at 175, but um, That's a great plus number. 181, sorry. Yeah, and I just, I thought that the overreaction to her retiring in her last match was just absolutely incredible. 60 cents or 59 cents she got bet out at Pinnacle. I thought, man, like if, if, you're, if you're betting Buscova at first, like when the line first comes out on that angle, okay. But if you're chasing steam down to like, you know, minus 200 levels, what are you doing? Like that, the value of Buskova was long gone, 30 cents ago, and you kept betting her down. I just think that's such a stupid bet. Um, yeah, Buskova could win. Yeah, Tomjanovic could retire. And, you know, as long as the first set's completed, you pay out nice and early. But to bet at like my, in, in the minus 200 when she, when the opener was a fairly tightly lined match is just, to me, it's incomprehensible. It's something I would never do. Um, but, you know, to each their own. I think they, they gave me value in Isla, so I took it. So we know that Tom Janovich missed Cincinnati because of the injury in Toronto, right? But why did Buskova not play Cincinnati? Does anyone know? I do not. It just surprised me that, I mean, did she do that well in Toronto that she wanted to skip the next week? Uh, yeah, you got, you got to wonder. I wonder if she had to qualify for that and it just didn't get a chance to get over there in time. Um, well, you'd think that there would be a special exam. I think they added the special exams in a different name this year, the WTA, but... You know, you don't want to play a semifinal and then go out and, like, how well would she have done? Where would she have been drawn? Could she even enter? There's a lot of question marks there, and I think that uh, it's not the worst idea. She's got herself to do the top 50 with that run in Toronto. So it, Yeah, it just seems like, you know, you're running hot. She could maybe jump into the 30s if she had a nice Cincinnati run. And it would think that, you know, for her... It's a tough run to do, though. It's not... It is not cold here. It is... It has been humid here for weeks. It's rained. Yeah. I think it, it not not when the tennis was here, but like just as an example for Toronto, it's been well over thirty degrees Celsius every day uh, for the last five days here. It has rained, um, or like four of five days last week it rained, and it was still humid at all hours of the day. I was playing bocce ball last week at a neighbor's place, uh, having a few beers and just walking and picking up the balls, and we had, we were glistening from the humidity. Like Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati's not not cold either. It's very hot this time of year, so that's a tough double to undertake okay. uh, ahead of the U.S. Open. I think weather-wise. That's fair. That's fair. Ostapenko minus two hundred against Krunic plus one sixty-two. 
Jorge's She's passing. She's got a chance, Fred. Bro, huh? She's got a pretty good hey, chance, pretty, according I'm to the market. Pretty happy about, I'm pretty happy about her draw here. She didn't She didn't really get a tough draw. I could see her winning two, uh, two matches here. Obviously, I'm not going to bet it. Bobby rooting for her, and I'm pretty excited that she got a player that's probably struggling as much as she is to find her form this year. Well, we will cheer hard for Ostapenko and for you, Spread. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Brady, minus 175. Sasnovich, plus 137. Um, what do you think, Jorge? Are, are we going to take Brady here and just be mad that Sasnovich screwed us last week or just passing? No, I'm passing. What do you think, Spread? Sasnovich did okay here last year until it was one of my worst bets ever when I bet her over Osaka and she lost 6-0, 6-0 still. That is a bad In bet. memory, pretty bad. <laughs> Probably the worst bet I've ever made as far as results. But um, I don't know. I, I'm not going to bet it, but if I did, I would think the value is at the, at the plus money there. I wouldn't want to lay minus 175. Yeah, I, I like Brady in this spot, but the price is a little prohibitive. Maybe this is just right at 175. Are her numbers but... that much better? Because I know if you like Brady, because her numbers see. better. Um, yeah, I just she's had just an incredible run on hard courts this year. I think that she still actually isn't get respect respect for the kind of season that she's had. Um, I know Sasnovich's whole break hangs right around a hundred. I'm looking at Brady's; it's one oh six here, so definitely yeah, an advantage okay. from a numbers perspective for sure. So, from a numbers perspective, it almost looks like the minus one seventy five is cheap, then, huh? Yeah, it, it might be. I think Sasnovich's whole numbers are a little depressed from some of her. Um, Competition, competition and her break number solid so okay. you know if that hold number normalizes maybe she can get to a 102 103 rate by the end of the season but this looks just about right okay. aliona balsova plus 300 against barbara stritzova stritzova minus 400 yeah. i'm not really sure she deserves to be minus 400 yeah. over anybody on hard courts what do you on think Jorge? completely agree now you're going to take not balsova? to say that i'm no not to no. say i'm betting balsova but I just think that that's a terrible job pricing on this on the street. I don't know if the market pushed that down or if that was like, is that line movement or was that the opener? Um, let me try and pull it up here on, I see it here on odds portal. I'm just going to give it a click. So I'm showing the opening line at Pinnacle from yesterday at 4.08 PM has not moved since August 22nd. It's now August 23rd. It's over 24 hours later and it's still 1.27. So hmm. yeah. It hasn't moved. It hasn't moved at 365 for minus 400. Um, I don't know. I don't think I can justify that. I don't think Bolsova, Zadoinov, or uh, Bedosa, Hebert are nearly as bad on hard courts as the books kind of represent them through their pricing. But I, I'm hoping Bedosa you know, plus gets 300 is actually. Spot. Now that I'm talking to this, this is you know plus 300. It feels like a, it's Man. worth a sprinkle, maybe a half a unit, oh. a quarter unit, just just a touch. It's it's a, that's a bad price. See, these are, this is also why you, when I handicap, I come back to these matches. To, I do rotate two, three times. You've got 68 first round, or 64 first-round matches on each side, the men's and women's. So, you know, it, it, it takes a while to go through them. A lot of them, you, you, when I go through the pricing, I look for the ones that really pop out and then dig in and whatever. So a lot of them I'll just skip by. Uh, this is one of them I just I kind of skip by, and I think that she's not doesn't have enough of a resume on hard courts for me just yet. Uh, Jennifer Ely, Gromalska, Ivak Nanko, uh, and you know those are only wins I think on hard courts outdoors this year. It's, I don't think it's enough of a resume for me to be able to pull the trigger on. Um, but just on principle, I can see why you'd like to take a shot there. Yeah, I'm going to dig into that one a little more at the, at the price. Maybe give Balsova a sprinkle. <laughs> Allison Risk plus 110 against Garbina Mugarutsa. Um, 
that looks just about right to me. I, I think I lean towards risk, and you know, if I get a shot at over 21 games this match, I'm going to hammer that. Um, what do you think, Spread? Is Muguruza going to find her old self, or um, is Risk going to continue her pretty good season? She's had a lot, good couple months here. Wimbledon run, got married, still playing some good tennis. What do you think? I think this might be a good spot for Garbine. You know, we talked about uh, what Murray can do for Stevens. Uh, Garbine switched her coach about three to four weeks ago. That's enough time to actually you know, get some results and, and do some work. And I think the Garbine at her best is a more talented player than Risk. Uh, I think that Risk's value has been inflated, obviously, off the good um, run here at Wimbledon. And I think that if you're going to bet this match, I think the Garbine is, is where the value is at. That's pretty interesting. What do you think, Jorge? I would agree. I think that uh, I think that I'm surprised at how the, the books line this. I definitely thought I'd see a bigger line, but... I think recent form is so impactful in how a lot of these lines are written. I think they in the alg in the algos they use um, to generate their lines. I'm sure they have you know very recent form as a, a key input um, into that system because it this does seem like she's a little um, you know a little too much respect for risk here. I was hoping to get a number, you know, a lot higher than this to try and oppose Muguruza with, but at this point, I'm almost, I'm almost considering Muguruza. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You get the more you guys keep talking, the more I, I think I'm ended up at the same conclusion. I do like the. So do you have numbers? How much? What's the whole break? Um, just on hard courts for these yeah. two for this season. Let me see, Allison. Well, Rick. let's see. Garbine's barely even played on hard courts this season. She hasn't played that much in general. Looking at risk, her hold break, 70% hold. She's got a 34% break. So she's over the magic number of 100, right at 104. Um, Muguruza, taking a look at her season. And like you said, hasn't played a ton of hard courts, but, you know, a hold at 70 and a break at 39. So Muguruza definitely. I think she ran that up there in Mexico. Yeah, the, the break like rate is pretty high. She ran that up there in Mexico. Yeah. The 70% on serve, though, that just that's pretty much in line with all of her other numbers. The break number pretty big, though. Um, but I think you guys have For, uh, maybe lean in. What Muguruza, Jorge would actually. call a popcorn match, I think this is a, a good match. Um, yeah, actually, this might be, you know, I know you guys are nice excited for Serena match. Sharapova. This might be more competitive. Well, yeah, no, I mean, that's, I don't, I definitely would be more competitive. I just think that, you know, it's the two big names. It's kind of, you know, fun. We don't get usually the, the big names here in the first round matchups. Yeah. Alizé Cornet, plus 100 against Pagula, minus 125. That's a lot of respect for Pagula from the books, I think. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to bet Cornet. What do you think, Spread? Right. Okay, Pugula. so you think that line looks right? Yeah, I think it'd be like minus 140, minus 150. I think that's a good value on. Is it Pagula or Pegula? God, I have Pugula. no idea. Is it Pagula? The Pagula family, yeah. They're Buffalonians. Yeah, I know that. I know they, that, they, own, they the own the Bills. They own the Bills. Terry Her dad Pugula? owns the Bills. There you go. So what do you think here, Jorge? Are, are you leaning Pagula too? Uh, no, I'm the pass here. God, if Corne could find any kind of form, her numbers look so enticing. But I just keep passing because she just keeps losing. I think I backed her two or three matches in a row saying, oh, my God, that number presents value. And then she kept losing. And I'm like, okay, maybe my handicap is off and the prices aren't off. So, you know, maybe here, even though I, I, I think I like Corne's value, you know, you kind of got to reassess your – your handicap when you do some tape study and realize, holy cow, they don't look good. So um, on those Cornet numbers that you're talking about, are those on all surfaces or just hard courts? I'm just talking in general. A lot of a lot of recent matches I've tried to better on her. She's just looked horrible. 
anywhere. I think she ran her numbers up on the little clay court swing after Wimbledon where everyone else goes to America, and then she just stayed over in Europe and ran her numbers up. Yeah, she had, but I mean, even Trevisan Paolini core patch on clay in Lausanne aren't terrible wins. Like, they're not big-time WTA, you know. No, I mean, they're good wins. I'm just saying I don't know how how predictive that is for us, for the U.S. Open, the fact that she stayed in Europe and was able to win matches over there and run her whole break numbers up over there. Right. I I also think she hasn't looked that great against half-decent competition at all this year. So, um, you know, I I backed off the Kozlova first-round spread last week, and it's one I probably should have hit because she she rolled. Um, Mind you, that was – kind of interrupted by Reigns and I think Kozla checked out so that there was no way to handicap that but um you know it's I, I just don't trust her right now enough to better so I'm, I'm passing so I don't know how I missed this so I pulled it up right now so Pagula lost to Diaz in qualifying and then played her again in the first round and lost her again in Cincinnati that's pretty wild I yeah it was kind of random for I forget who dropped out for her to get in, but yeah, that was kind of funky. <laughs> that, that that's pretty funny. I don't know if I've seen a player lose the qualifying and then play him a two days later and lose again. That's that's rough. Yeah, I think I had Pagula in the qualifying match and was smart enough to stay away when they got to the first round. But yeah, I still like Pagula here. I think that's a good price. Pekovic minus one thirty-eight. Buzarnescu plus one ten. That feels just about right. Maybe the number's a little heavy on Pekovic given some of her recent success last week. What do you think about that number, Jorge? Um, I think I like, I liked Pekovic at first. Um, but, really? Yeah, but her numbers died completely. She's down to like minus 135, minus 140. So, um, I'm pretty sure she opened at plus money. Wow. Because, Noops, you and I were talking about this last, a few days ago, before the openers came out. Yeah, she opened plus 106. Within one minute was bet down to plus 101. And then, there you had 27 minutes, so 28 total minutes to get her at plus money before she was down to minus... Uh, one not 109 110 region and then from there you had about another 45 minutes before she was down to minus 125 so you, you had her at a pick for you know uh, a solid hour and 10 minutes uh, at pinnacle and i think that there was probably value in that number i didn't hammer it right away just because it's freaking andrea petkovic like who says i'm gonna hammer a petkovic money line i think i had other things i wanted to look into um <clears throat> before betting that and then by the time i got back you know it was no the value was gone so anything to add yeah i hate i hate i hate betting on this match i don't i think that that it's hard to try and figure out the form that either woman is in right now annette contivate minus 600 against sarah sorabas tormo nothing to say there angelique kerber minus 400 against mladenovic at plus 300 i'll pause just for a second anybody like the dog no Astra Sharma, plus 137 against Magda Lynette. Um, Sharma has a pretty interesting game, but Lynette's been playing some solid tennis the last week or so. What do you think about that line, Jorge? I'm on Sharma. I think uh, I got on her. Okay, when I, when I first was clicking through Pinnacle, clicking on the prices on the bet slip that I liked, um, it was plus 150. And I really liked her there. And then by the time I did the digging through, I came back, it was plus 163. So I was more than happy to snag that price. Magda's played a lot of tennis this week. Um, I know they end a day early, but that fatigue could still be there. Um, so, yeah, I'm on Sharma. I don't know how much value is left at plus 137. I think you have a bit of value down to plus 130. Um, but $0.07 doesn't give you much of an edge to work with. So uh, at, at this point, I'd be like a small play on Sharma. 
Yeah, I was. Ho I would hope for plus one fifty. I'd like it at that number. What do you think, spread? Uh, if I had to choose, I put Sharma in my bracket, but I'm not going to bet it because I don't feel comfortable enough capping Lynette's game right now. Um, you know, I would have said, hey, Sharma, but Lynette's played well lately, so staying away from it. Garcia minus 175, owns Jabor plus 137. I guess that feels about right. It feels like it's been a while since we've seen Jabor play the kind of tennis she was playing at the end of last year, and Garcia's been wildly inconsistent to be nice um if god if there was a match actually i would probably skip it be this one what do you think spread yeah i'm staying away anything dad jorge nope wozniacki minus 275 wong yafan plus 220 we do love wong yafan but i'm not sure i'm ready to step up to bat at, at plus 220 against wozniacki um are you gonna fade wozniacki jorge Nah, maybe like third or fourth round if, you know, Wong was playing well and she had some form and Wozniacki was playing well and you would still get the same price. But, man, first round of a slam to oppose Wozniacki's balls. I mean, you're getting a decent player, but no, I, I can't justify it, especially because Wong was such a slow starter in her last two matches uh, or the last two that I watched anyway. I just I can't justify it. Yeah, you make a good point about being a slow starter. And I think if she doesn't get out quickly against Wozniacki, it might be over quick. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, I think it's a bad matchup for Wong because I think, you know, the one that she's going to try and win is if she were to play like a ball basher and she could coax errors out of her. But um, since she kind of plays a defensive retrieving style like Wozniacki, I just think Wozniacki does it better. I don't see uh, Wong's path to victory besides Wozniacki not being 100% healthy. Kat McNally minus 185, Tamea Baczynski plus 150. That feels just about right. Anybody have any thoughts there? I don't. No, I was hoping for a better price than McNally. Yeah. Daniel McNally's Con pretty talented, wouldn't you say? Yeah. yeah. yeah I, but I, I think Bashinsky's got a, a, an ugly game that could kind of throw her off. Yeah. So minus 200 seems about where I'd have her. She should be a, a sizable favorite, but not, nothing in the minus three, 400 region. So I was hoping, I was almost hoping they would, they would be stupid enough to spread like a minus 130, minus 135, but that wasn't close. Nope. Yeah. Daniel Collins minus 150 against Herzog plus 120. Um, that probably feels right given how long it's been since we've seen Collins, but I would love to step up to the plate and take a swing at her. What do you think, Spread? I like Collins here. What do you think, Jorge? Is there value there? Is there value there? There's so many of these matches. Again, this, you know those weeks where I say a lot, that's my reaction to a lot of matches. Yeah. That's what I feel like with this tournament's first round. Even with subscribers i don't have man i think i posted a few free plays on my on my regular page um but even with the the subscriber plays it's a lot a lot of men's matches which is so rare because usually they're the ones that have those super juice lines and no value um but there's just not a whole lot of first round stuff this usually means second round will be a nice you know have some nice gems but we'll see all right, two quick ones here. At least Mertens minus 350 against uh, Jill Teichman. Maybe actually some value on Mertens there against the clay quarter. Jeannie yeah. Bouchard plus 330 How about a against Savasco minus 145. That's not a I'm on Mertens minus four and a half. You're telling me that she has to get one break as long as the service order changes, you know, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, to cover against Teichman on hard courts? Ah, I mean, even if she gets broken once or twice... How often is Jill typing in a whole serve against her? <laughs> like, 
I, I just, I, this is, this seems like an easy bet to me. Merton's minus four and a half. Yeah. It might be five for a lot of people. Four and a half might be too juiced. Yeah, five actually. The yeah, lower juice is probably even a good idea. So yeah, that, I, can, I like playing the lower juice well, and taking minus five there. Uh, but I think when I when I had it, I released it at even three six five had it minus four and a half even money earlier nice. today, a few hours nice. back. So for me, I was like, I'll take that minus four and a half all day. Most other books were like the minus one seventeen, minus one eighteen region. So I'm glad to take you know, bet three six five having the best odds on something is so rare. It happened twice today on uh, spreads. I couldn't believe it. Twice in one day, I bet with bet three six five. Actually, I think it was three times. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm so stunned I can't even keep track of it. Sevastava minus 450. Jeannie Bouchard plus 330. Sevastava should win. Do you think Bouchard will even be competitive, Jorge? No. Anything to add, spread? What is the spread? That's Bouchard getting five games? Probably. I would say at that price, she's probably getting five, maybe four and a half. Huh. I wonder if she'll cover. I wouldn't be surprised if she covered. I'm not betting it, though. Yeah. Fiona Farrow, minus 160 against Daria Gavrilova, plus 130. That feels just about right. Maybe lean Farrow a little bit. Anything to add, spread? Uh, no, I'm staying away from that match. How about you, Jorge? Um, I, I, I like Farrow a little bit. I mean, she's got a sneaky, nice game. Yeah, she's been on a real hot streak. If you look at her, she's just been winning tons and tons of matches. Um. Maybe think about her. I don't know if the if the spread's like minus three. That might be good. Maybe put her in a parlay, possibly even with the uh, aforementioned uh, Elise Merton. So we'll see. D. Lorenzo playing Kudermatova. D. Lorenzo plus one seventy five. Kudermatova minus two twenty five. That feels just about right. What do you think, Jorge? Yeah, I wanted to uh, to play my girl, but I think it's lined about right. If there's value, it's not necessarily in the spread. I don't see Kudermatova bagling or or breadsticking Di Lorenzo on a third set. If she's scrapping and, and, you know, scrapping well, I think she wins a couple games every set. So I think if she's going to cover, Kudumoto will do it in straights, and Unibet has her at plus 125 in straights. That's probably the look on this match to me. Um, I, I don't hate that. I think over half the time, well over half the time, Kudumoto in this matchup on a hard court should win in straight sets. So, you know... You should have a decent sized edge there with plus one twenty five. I think that that would be the play I go for. Spread. Do you love the way Jorge says bagel as much as I do? <laughs> I was gonna That's, point that, that out, is, but I didn't want to interrupt is, good, good, actually solid information for the listeners just to make a stupid joke. But yeah, that is not a Canadian thing, by the way. Please don't take that as a Canadianism. <laughs> My friends and family hate it too. It is okay, like about okay. about twenty five percent or twenty percent of the population up here will say bagel, and everyone else says bagel, and I hate yeah, it. Like yeah. it's not a b e. H G E L. It's B A. It's bag. Bag. You have a bag in your hand, and you add E L on the end. It's a freaking bagel. I get... <laughs> when you say it that way, I mean, <laughs> look at that. The Jorge rant this week was about food, not even tennis. What a surprise! Pronunciation of food. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Schwitek minus five hundred over Jurovic. That sounds just about right. Uh, Julia Gorgeous. No, that's too high. But I'm not Bennett. Really? Right. So you like the you like Jurovic? I think Jorvich does better than what, what's the implied probability there, 20%? She's got way higher than that. What do you think, Jorge? I know you're all over Schweitek in the outright market. It's it's so weird because I have Barty to win outright, but I have Schweitek to win Barty's uh, quarter. But then I have Jorvich showing more value in the individual match than than, than Schweitek's line. So 
I don't know. Um, that this is a puzzling little conundrum for me. They've they've over they've way overpriced her in the first round, but they've underpriced her on the uh, quarter market. So I don't know. I'm not going to be on Jorovic. I don't think she stands that great of a chance, and she hasn't really shown much of late. So um, I'm going to pass here. But I definitely think that I agree with spread in terms of like the pricing seems really really respectable of Shvatek. I think Jorovic is one of the players that when you watch, you know, on your tape study, she looks better than the numbers and the results indicate. Yes. But if she could put it together, you know, I really there's so think, many young chicks like that on the Yeah, I guess that's sure, true. Right? But Jorovic actually standing out to me. Like, she, the ball kind of pops off her racket and she moves well. And I really, you know, was looking at her like, oh, you know, breakout, you know, she could be one of the ones, you know, how we try and find like young player and catch him before everyone else. But she just hasn't uh, put it together yet. But I, I think that I have a little more respect for her game than the, the books do in this in this instance. Very interesting. Julia Gorgeous, minus 250 against Natalia Veikli and Seva, plus 200. We haven't seen Veikli play in a while. Um, yeah. I wonder if maybe that's a good or spot. Or do well in a while. I know. Any thoughts from either of you guys? Jorge, I, I hear you kind of chatting a little. Yeah, I, I think that I, I – I think this price is on point. Um Again, I think this is a match where a lot of people are going to look at that line and be like, oh, man, Julia Gerges and parlays. Julia Gerges 2 nothing." I don't know, man. I wouldn't be so eager to to lay four and a half games against someone like Natalia Vickley and Seva. Um, I think it's priced about right. So I'm going to pass here. I just, you know, don't get trapped into... Oh, God, I used that word again because I hate that expression. I don't mind the, the word. I just hate the expression of trap line. Uh, the way people try and use it is like Vegas trapped you into it. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, don't don't kid yourself. Like think twice before placing that kind of bet. She could wipe her off the court. That's the thing. Natalia is one of those players where, you know, she can if she, her serve is working and her hitting. Oh man, she can blow people off the court. But she can also lose matches two and two um, to to good players. So it's it's for me it's a coin flip whether she covers or not. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to pay a vig to flip a coin. What do you think? Spread anything, Dad? Yeah, Gorgas. I don't think has been herself this year at all. Um, I, I mean, I'm still. I know she did well at Wimbledon, but I'm still not convinced that she's 100. percent I'm not interested in backing her at all. And like Jorge said, Franklin Seva. If things go wrong, she has no problems just packing it in. So stay away from this match. Yeah. All right, gents. I got to uh, to head out here. All right, Enjoy, hey, Jorge, uh, before you leave, though, just a quick reminder, next week will be our 52nd episode. That'll be one year. Woo! We did. Yeah, the one-year anniversary. We we started this podcast midweek uh, U.S. Open. Yeah, and I it was, I mean, we had never talked before. I knew your voice from the other podcast you did because I was listening to that. But, yeah, that, I mean, I'm thinking back to to when we did this last year. <laughs> a, lot has, a lot has gone on since then. So oh, pretty, man. Pretty cool that we've been able to do this. Yeah, we'll have a good reminisce at the uh, at the midweek update next week. Definitely. All right, gentlemen. All right, have a good evening, Jorge. Enjoy the bar. Enjoy the enjoy enjoy the first uh, first week. <laughs> we will. All right, spread. Let's keep rolling here. All right. Kaya Kanepi minus two fifty against Tatiana Maria. Um, Maria plus two hundred here. I normally don't bet on her, but that looks like a little bit of value. Kanepi's been struggling lately. What do you think? Uh, Kanepi did the same thing last year where she struggled and then she kind of turned it on at the U.S. Open and I like, I think I faded her like two, three rounds in a row and, and she just kept beating me, so I'm not going to bet against Kanepi here. 
Andreescu minus 1,600 against uh, Katie Volinets, Volinets, however you say wow. that. Good for Andreescu. Svetlana Kuznetsova yeah. minus 600 against Christy Ahn. I'm going to have to look at Ahn here at plus 400. Kuznetsova has been really, really good, but I don't know that she's at the point now where she should be minus 600 against anybody. Do you have an opinion here? Yeah, she should against Ahn. I mean, how's Ahn going to win? That's a great question. Um, All Ahn does is she's, she's a retriever. She just hits the ball back like... Kuznetsova, she's too much of a veteran. She's not going to allow herself to get errors coaxed. On doesn't have a serve to kind of give her pressure. Yeah, I, I don't. Other than Kuznetsova, yeah, I don't see how she. I don't see how Kuznetsova loses this. Christina Pliskova minus seven hundred for some reason against Diane Perry. Now, admittedly, I don't know Diane. Perry's I think it's because we don't know who Diane well. Perry is. We do a WTA podcast, and we don't know Perry. I've, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm not watched the match of hers ever. I've, I've seen her name a couple times come through. Not a ton of stats, um, so probably just best to stay Where away from she? that. Where is she? I'm looking for this match right now. She's currently ranked 333. I've, I've got no hard court matches for her this is year. Is she an Australian? Um, Diane Perry. No, she's from France. Is she part of like the the wild card swaps that the Grand Slams do with their home country people? Because I don't know how she got into this draw. Yeah, that must be it. Let's keep going forward. Serenko minus okay. 350 against Mona Barthel. Sure, that sounds fine. Any thoughts from you? Barthel's another one. I am i don't know her game well enough. Like, I know her, and I know she's solid, and I know, you know, don't just blind fade her on clay, but I don't really know. Like, I can figure out, like, her path to victory, so not I'll play on that one. Benchich minus 1,000 against Mandy Manella. That's probably just about right. Um, Maria Sacri minus 188 against Camilla Georgie. I was kind of surprised to see that. I know Georgie might not show up, but if she does, I'm going to take her as a dog. What do you think? So, okay. So, the best matches of the first round, right? Obviously, we have our, um, you know, Serena Maria that we already discussed. That is by far, you know, the most interesting one. But could we put this one as far as, as number two here? I mean, yeah, this, this match is a great match. Right. Yes. I mean, I, I really um, hope Georgie shows up. And, I mean, boy, is she hard to handicap as far as, like, how she's going to do? I mean, she's over there blowing everyone off the court. She's got a final tomorrow. Are they playing tomorrow? Yes, they are. And she'll play tomorrow. So that will be my one concern with her. But, well, I think both of them are bringing great form into this tournament. I think uh, I thought the Sakari acquitted herself well recently. Uh, I think this is going to be a great one to watch because Sakari's kind of got that grinder style to where if Georgie's not 100%. Um, she'll beat her. Yeah, looking at the scheduling, Georgie does play on Saturday, which means she'll have all day Sunday, you know, to take a day off. And she's already in the Bronx. It's right. not that far to get to the U.S. Open. If they're nice enough to push this to Tuesday, I think she shows up, and I'd love her as a dog. Oh, I think they'll put it on Tuesday. I think yeah. they'll put it on Tuesday. They they went. I don't see why they wouldn't do that. Yeah, Pavel Uchenkova. Um, so, have you watched Georgie this week? Like, did you see her beat um, my good friend Wong today? Yeah, I did. I got to watch a little bit of it. She's hitting her spots, and she's motivated. She's really trying hard. She's not, you know, losing first sets and just packing it in like she's been known to do. So I'm curious to see, mm. you know, how how that motivation carries through into this next two weeks. All right. Get her off Instagram. Get her on the tennis courts. This is good news here. Pavla Yuchenkova, minus 275 against Pauline Parmentier. Um, sure, that sounds about right. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to bet that one. Um, it seems right, but Parmiente, if Pavlyuchenko doesn't play her best, she can definitely win. Martic so, minus, matches on Pavlyuchenkova's racket, though. 100%. Martic, minus 400 against the Danzig. That makes sense, especially away from Clay. 
That would be a fun match on clay, huh? Yeah, it would. Siniakova yep. minus 500 against Cersty at plus 350. I know Jorge just jumped off, but it sounds Dang, like you we guys should, like Yeah, Cersei. we should have let him jump off. I I don't think that's as easy match as you think. Obviously, like I think Siniakova is going to win, but I think that's lined I hate that horribly she's minus wrong. 500. You can't bet her at that price. Yeah, it should be like minus 200. You have to take the She has to be minus place. two. I mean, she should be like my, I don't, boy, especially Kirstea being how up and down as she is. I mean, if she plays somewhat consistently and Siniakova doesn't play well, I mean, how could, yeah. I can't believe that price. That's one of the craziest prices. Although, boy, Kirstea hasn't won for a while. That's why. She yeah. hasn't won since the French. That's the tough part. Um, she's way. She way hasn't out of even form. played a hardcore match this year. No, that's the tough. Is she part. playing ITFs and they're not showing up on my thing? I don't think so. I don't see anything on uh, Tennis Abstract, and I know they have those events. Oh, never mind. If she hasn't played a hardcore match since, let me look. She hasn't played a hardcore match since Miami. No, that line's right then. Yeah. Allison Van Utvank plus 100 playing against Victoria Kuzmova minus 125. I kind of like Van Utvank as a dog here. Pretty similar games of Van Utvank playing some better tennis lately. What do you think? Yeah, I like Van Utvank there too. I think that people underestimate uh, her game because she can have like the movement issues. But um, yeah, against Kuzmova, I think that she's got, she's got a good shot here. Yulia Putinseva minus 200 against Madison Brengel plus 160. I guess that's right. I don't love Putin Seva being that big of a favorite, um, but I, I can't see any reason to bet Brangle. How about you? I mean, just because it's kind of a good price against a streaky player, but I'm not. I'm gonna stay away. But you know, if you force me to bet it, I'd take Brangle. Lauren Davis at minus, the price. Yeah, Lauren Davis minus six hundred against Joanna Larson plus four hundred. I don't have anything to say. How about you? Uh, it seems like a lot of these. It seems like they're really. Um, they're putting a lot of like what I would call a parlay protection, where I think they're running these kind of um, favorites a little too high. And, the, and my main thing, I mean, no one's betting Lauren Davis minus six hundred, right? Like no one's just here. Here's six hundred dollars. I hope I win hundred, right? But I can see them put in her parlays. It almost seems like parlay protection um, that that they're running a lot of these first round dogs like really high. I think that's right. Speaking of Naomi Osaka minus five hundred against Anna Blinkova, um, yeah, that that probably makes just about sense. That's kind me. of a tough first round match, though, don't you think? No, Blinkova should get, move her through her paces, but Osaka should be able to blow her off the court at, at some point. Yeah, I just think that Blinkova, you know, she can be consistent and she can make Osaka work. I mean, obviously, I'm not interested in getting any money in this match, but um, and maybe it's better. You know, maybe it's better that she works there in the first round. But I think that out of all the uh, kind of top speeds and, and realistic title contenders that we have, I think that she got a tougher first round draw here. Yep. Anastasia Potapova, a small dog, plus one twenty to Coco Goff. What do you think here? Which one of the talented youngsters are you interested in? I kind of oh, like that goodness. Potapova price. I like Potapova too, but I'm not going against the. I mean, the crowd's going to be wild for. Um, I don't know. I, I. If it wasn't the U.S. Open, I'd be all over Potapova here, but. Um, just with all the, it's going to have the feel of of a real high level match here. Yeah, I think that'll so, be sold out for sure. I think the whole crowd will be there. Yeah, and I think that favor. I think that's going to favor Goff. Yeah. She really has nothing to lose here, you know. Um, you know, if this was Cincinnati or 
you know, Toronto, I'd be looking at Potapova here, but in the U.S. Open thing, I'm just staying away from this. And, you know, while we're on the topic of golf, um, just for the WTA in general, I mean, wouldn't it be great for um, for golf to have another little run for ESPN? I mean, they were all over it last time. They were talking about it on, like, Mike and Mike and the normal shows where, you know, they, they, they don't know anything about tennis at all, you know, and they were talking about her. So um, could be a... Uh, could be another chance to move tennis into the uh, mainstream American media spotlight here if she wins. So kind of rooting for golf there All right, for now, that reason. Now time for my candidate for best match of the first round. Arena, the okay. Amazonian warrior princess Sabalenka Uh-oh. faces Victoria Azarenka. Sabalenka, a small favorite at minus 125. I am terrified to bet this match. Um, I think Sabalenka should win, but Azarenka has all the tools that she needs. What do you think? Yeah, that is true. Okay, so let's talk about uh, that might supplant for the second best first round match. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I think I like Sapolinka here. Um, I do too, but because she's not really as as susceptible to the stuff that Vika does well. If she shows up and plays her game, she wins. You know, I don't think Vika is going to be able to trouble her like Vika does some of the other young players. Um, so the question is, will Sabalenka show up and play her game? But she seems to be moving in the right direction lately. Yep, and one more final match here is Monica Puig, just recently deposed of by her coach, um, an underdog for some reason against Rebecca Peterson. Does that make any sense to you, Spread? Yeah, Puig hasn't been playing well, and obviously this has got to be a little unsettling, right? I'm sure the coaching change is. I wonder if she's that's that's actually able to motivate her. I mean, you're right. She hasn't you know won a lot of matches lately, but lost to Jennifer Brady in Toronto. Nothing nothing to be upset about there. Lost to Kudermatova in Cincinnati in the qualifiers, but made it in as a lucky loser and losing tough three sets against Wang Yafan. I mean, I, I don't see too much shame in there. I, I'm going to be thinking about betting the dog here. I, I don't see how I, I get to any other spot. It's I'm really struggling with Peterson being favored here. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to touch this match. All right, spread that wraps it up. Those are it. So, thank you everybody for listening. Um, really appreciate it. If you can, hey, go- real quick before we before we sign off, did you see? You know, I you know I'm a sucker for these things, right? They make them for me. <laughs> I'm the target audience. Did you see the WTA tweet I retweeted where they give Sony Walkmans to all these young players and they try to figure out how they work? Oh, no, I didn't see that at all. And, and like, uh, uh, Sophia Cannon's literally, she doesn't even take the tape out of the box. She's trying to figure out how to put the cassette tape that's still in the cassette tape box into the Walkman. I mean, it's so funny. I, <laughs> I don't know. That. I'm like a sucker for those things. Anyways, I retweeted on my timeline. I think those are so funny. Ostapenko's like, uh, really makes you feel old. She's like, this is how they listened to music a long time ago. <laughs> and I remember when, like, my Sony Walkman was, like, the coolest thing in the world. That's awesome. So, I thought that I thought that was a real fun video. So that's a good fun one to check out. Yeah, the but, WTA. Um, yeah, dude. They do a good job. Remember we had the spelling bee last year. They did the emoji thing yeah. one year. They do a good job with that stuff. Yeah, I think they do. For for you know, it's crazy how they can't figure out how to like properly like title their tournaments and make it easy for the actual competition um, to be understood by the casual fan. But they do a great job for the casual fan on 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 making their players seem likable and fun. 
Yeah, they do. So, so we'll retweet that from the Networth podcast account, which of course you can find at Networth Pod. Be sure to follow us there, and um, you know, give us a rating, a review. You know, whatever you're listening to us on, whether it be the Apple Podcast app, SoundCloud, some other spot. We really appreciate your thoughts and your support. And have a great fortnight, everybody. We'll be checking in midweek. Good luck and all, all your, your wagers. wagers. <laughs> <laughs>